You are now looking at the view from the marina. Welcome to another episode of View from the Marina, where we explore insightful conversations for the inquisitive, discerning mind. On today's episode, we have Nian Swoman, Union Bank's Chief Talent Officer, in conversation with Aurel Lua Oboye, CEO of Jobberman, Nigeria's leading recruitment platform. They will be discussing building a positive work culture and structure for employee satisfaction. Let's get into it. Hello, Ore. I'd like to wel- welcome you to View from the Marina. Particularly, I'd also like to welcome you to our co-creation hub, this floor that we're all proud of, right? And I hope you're impressed. Yeah, um, so I walked in here and um, I was I was not, ex- no, I was expecting the traditional, you know, bank set up with cubicles and all that. And uh, I was blown away. Um, yeah, we're moving away from the traditional. <laughs> anyway, I'm pleased we're having this conversation about something we're both uh, passionate about uh, in this era of what has been dubbed as the Great Resignation and cultures breaking apart, uh, things changing. Uh, Let's have a conversation on how we can create, and it'll be great to learn from you how we build a positive work culture uh, in organizations. So... Let me start with this question, with some background. My friends, when I was back in a consulting company, used to say that culture eats strategy for breakfast. I'm sure it's something we all agree about. And we always put culture at the forefront and we talk about culture being uh, top-down driven uh, to drive our organizations. What do you think? Should every organization, regardless of size, build and work with the culture? Uh, thank you for that question. Um, yes, I do agree that culture is strategy for breakfast. Because if, you, if, you, if we go back to the definition of culture, it's the way of life of the people. Um, so outside, outside of the, you know, the corporate um, space, if we just even take it into our environment and our society, we realize that um, um, culture forms our guardrails for um, chaos and non-chaos, literally. Um, And it's very, very important that we take what works in our society and pull it back into our um, corporate world, into our workplaces. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's very possible for you to come up with nice strategies, but the culture of a workplace or a company is the way of life of the people that make up that organization. So yes, um, it does. Um, and we, I think we have um, um, different um, experiences over time to show that. You know, uh, and um, even long-standing companies um, have proven to us that yes, culture, um, culture is the king. Um, strategy would only ride on the back of good culture. Great. Culture as guardrails, I'd like to hold on to that. It's a really, really fresh perspective. Uh, I do like that. And coming from where you're coming as a CEO of a company that recruits, finds, hires talent uh, for organization, this is something you would be accustomed to, right? And that drives my next question, which is, 
what do you look for in great talent? How do you find and how do you bring on great talent to an organization? Thank you. So, um, first of all, I, I, so I'll start from the talent side and then I'll move back to the employer. Um, as a candidate, you need to be um, proficient in whatever you're applying or um, willing to do in a, in, in a company, right? You need to have all of the right skills. Um, so if I'm hiring an, an accountant, I want to be sure that I'm hiring an accountant. So you must have all of the required certification. You should have gone to the right school. You should have the right level of experience. If I'm hiring a, uh, an entry-level person, I want to be sure that I'm hiring an entry-level person or a mid-level person or a senior person. So you should have all the proficient skills and with the proof to show that. That's number one. Now, on top of that is a much more basic um, thing to look out for, and that is soft skills. Um, it's so interesting that um, our, our curriculum, our educational system has failed us on that level because we, I don't know, maybe we decided not to create a pedagogy around it on how to like deliver you know, that side of, of skill set. But over the years, upon interacting with different employers, they have complained time and time that, um, yes, this individual is good on paper. This individual will deliver on paper, but this individual will ruin my company. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a combination of many things. It's, um, your ability to be a great time manager, your ability to communicate well, your ability to be able to understand logic and interpret logic, your ability to be able to negotiate either on behalf of the company. Um, and we do not have like very specific um, way to harness the skill in our existing educational system. And it's a, it's a shortfall that employers have identified over time. Like, you know, great people in terms of their proficiency to deliver, but terrible human beings when it comes to interpersonal relationship. Um, so it's very, very important um, that as individuals, as potential candidates, as we work hard to sharpen our proficiency, our skill set, we also um, try hard to be good human beings and also sharpen our soft skills. Um, um, and good now that we are in the um, internet age and uh, information age, so we're not restricted to the you know, four walls of classrooms, meaning that we can actually learn this. We can you know, seek out this um, um, knowledge ourselves and engage. Um, in fact, one thing that um, we have done in the past two years in Jobberman is to come up with a curriculum um, and we, we now teach people soft skills for, for free. So if you come to our platform, you see it, you actually take a, uh, um, it's, so it ranges between two hours to nine hours, depending on how you want to, you know, it's self-paced and all that. And you, we actually touch point on all of these different soft skills because yes, 
we have a lot of proficient individuals, but we need to get more um, um, deliberate with the way we, you know, deliver ourselves, you know, to the client um, or to our employers from the soft skills point of view. Great. And building upon that point, I know that, yes, I know about your platform. It's uh, one of the reasons that uh, we partnered with you uh, in bringing our management trainees on board. And I think that uh, it's great. There's this other aspect of talent that's important today. And uh, we talk about digital, 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 digital. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, what's in your experience have you seen are the challenges of attracting um, digital skills, especially, especially millennials into the organization and even younger. Uh, how, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Do you find that easy to attract them and, and onboard them and keep them? Yes. So um, three interesting things. So there's the attraction, there's the onboarding, and there's the um, retention. So um, I think for at, at the attraction level, um, I think the biggest for them is the um, brand um, value proposition, the employee value proposition. What is so for for a lot of young people, um, they they tend to be a lot more deliberate about their experience, their um, day to day in a company. Um, Whereas maybe for the for the much older generation, they tend to be more particular about stability. So um, it's important um, to note that you know for you to interact and attract, interact with and attract the um, the current crop of new entrants into the labor market, um, we need to understand what they want and what um, will. Um, would make them excited about our brand. Mm. So what problem are you solving? Um, what um, value are you giving to the market? Because they want to, they want your business to be an extension of their person. Um, it's the same way someone will be very crazy about maybe supporting a particular um, club, football club, for instance. You see, you see that passion. That's exactly the same way a typical young person wants to feel about the brand that they are working for. So if you now pull that into the digital talent or the, the software developers, let me say, for instance, they want to be able to identify the value you're bringing and show it and talk about it as an extension of themselves. So at the attraction level, it's important for any brand to be very deliberate about that. Oh, I'm, I'm solving payments. I'm solving payment issues. Oh, I'm solving um, 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 employment issues. Oh, I'm solving logistics problems, right? That's number one, especially at the attraction point. Um, now, at the onboarding level, um, I think for them, it's more about the, um, the detail of, of, of onboarding. But then, um, not necessarily in the volume of the detail, but the clarity of it. Um, it's important that whatever you're saying um, is not modeled up in complexity. 
they're able to easily grab it and repeat it back to you and internalize and say, okay, yes, this is, this is, this is what this company is all about. This is where I play, right? And it's not complex. Simplicity is key for, um, for most of our um, young people right now. That's why they love TikTok. <laughs> yes, simplicity is key. Um, and then at the, at, the, at the retention side of it, um, it's... I guess that's where things get tricky. It is. But then it's also very simple. Look, what I've learned over the years is when you're transparent and they're able to hold you to your words, they'll stick with you. Um, most of the time, I don't know, I guess probably because of, um, you know, the way um, um, corporates have developed over time. There, there, there seems to be um, some level of secrecy as you go above higher in the hierarchy. So there's, oh, this information is meant for managers. Oh, this information is for the shareholders. Young people don't want that. They want to know exactly what is going on. Um, why? Because they have one. Like I said, the company is an extension of their identity. So they don't want to hear from the news that the company is going down. No, they want to hear from you first. And they know, okay, do I defend and stick with this or do I, do I move to the next one? Um, and then on top of that, of course, there's benefit, there's money. You need to, you need to pay right. It's very, very important. So there's transparency. There is flexibility. Um, you can be rigid, um, but in the in in the space and sphere of flexibility, there are guardrails, and that also comes with um, a high, a very high sense of uh, responsibility. So when you show that I feel responsible to you, the young person or the the um, candidate or the talent would also, also show back to you their sense of responsibility to you. So that transparency needs to be very, very clear, right? And, um, you know, again, back to EVP. So when you give them nice EVP to attract them, please make sure you deliver that EVP. It's very, very important. Absolutely, yeah. make sure you deliver. So we've just spoken about how we attract and onboard I dwell a bit more on the retention, but let's let's take this subject about pitfalls around hiring the right talent. Mm -hmm. What are the th things, the top five things, rec recruiters or organizations should avoid? Number one, um, hire the person. Right, hire the person, uh, and this is what I mean by hire the person. Um, most of the time when, when companies put out um, a need, a talent need, it's because they found a gap. Um, so you're hired to solve a problem. And the recruitment process would test if you can solve that problem. But we then tend to forget that... Um, our ability to solve a problem is a percentage, it's just a percentage of our total being. being. So it's very important that when we are in our, in our 
uh, recruitment processes that will include things that will um, um, allow the person express who they are so that you are able to then say and see, can I, beyond your ability to solve this problem, can I work with you to solving that problem? So most of the time, uh, the traditional recruitment process is strongly tied to the need or the gap that we have identified rather than, okay, beyond the need and the gap, do I have the right personality, the right person to, 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 to handle that? So that's number one. Number two, I talked about soft skills, right? Um, so just dwelling on that and being very particular about it. So, um, and good for us, we, we have a lot of um, tools out there that can also like help test. But um, I think I think an advice to um, to talent managers uh, will be that your recruitment process goes beyond getting the talent to resume. It goes, it's it's way beyond that. I think it's it's very very important to to be very deliberate about our onboarding process. It should be a two-way street. Most of the time, we, we hire people and we give them a, 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 an onboarding period of one week or two weeks. And they're like, okay, information overload. And then we expect them to go forth and prosper. And then we tell them, okay, you know what, this is your um, KPI. And I expect that um, in another two months, we'll do a performance check and see if you're okay. But then we didn't get the feedback on their understanding of the information we have loaded them with. Mm. So it's important that we are very, very deliberate on that, on the onboarding process itself. Like um, when you, have, so I've hired you, I've hired, I, now I know your person. I You understand the culture of the organization. You understand how your person fits into that culture. Then, you're here because I have identified your unique skill that you've gathered over the years, right, to solve this problem. What we then now show an indication for growth is the ability to, beyond solving that problem, find other areas of usefulness within the business because they understand very clearly the work culture, the problem you're trying to solve, the reason why the business exists. So it's um, just to reiterate what I said earlier, um, recruitment process is way beyond, I mean, the recruitment um, um, process itself, I mean, the end of it is beyond getting the candidates to resume and start. You know, it's, do you understand why we're here? Do you understand why we are doing what we are doing? And do you understand why we are doing it this way? And to do that via regular check-in. Exactly. Is what I hear. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Continuous feedback. Yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. Now, I'll, t I'll take us to another subject around uh, how retention uh, itself uh, is played. <clears throat> A subject that we're very passionate about as talent management professionals and indeed, 
as an organization in Union Bank, uh, is this whole employee engagement, satisfaction, and to employee experience. Very important stuff, right? And as you know, uh, our recent experience with the pandemic has led to a different workplace, a different work experience, disruption, if you like, uh, where we've all had to contend with various concepts of how we work and using technology to bridge the gap and work, helping people to work from long distances, if you like. So the traditional office place is uh, breaking down, right? Or has shifted. And the traditional offices around the bases we've built engagement, satisfaction, and of course the experience, right? Um, and what do I mean? Rooms like this, right? Conversations, meetings, right? Uh, where you have coffee, the cafeteria and so on. That's how we've built uh, all of this. And one thing I'd say is in Union Bank, we've had a very great week. Last week entirely was dedicated to career week and it ended on Saturday with a huge event in our understable, it's our sports center. And our employees came together around sports, competing, doing various games and it was a blast. I, th I think that's one way you see engagement. So my question to you is, is employee engagement and satisfaction a myth? Right. What new models do you see emerging? Okay. Um, so, so I, I will answer this with a with a personal experience. Um, so beyond the beyond twenty twenty, that's that was so twenty twenty was like the heart of the of the pandemic. Um, we we're not sure, you know, how to handle it. So as Jobberman, um, we we were not sure how to handle it. Um, but of course, our first reaction to it was to protect um, our staff members. So we told them, you know what, work from home. But at that point, we were not, for instance, we didn't have the tools in place to, for instance, measure productivity. We didn't have tools in place to measure mental health. We didn't have um, tools in place to measure employee satisfaction. But we made it very clear to our staff members that the reason why we have decided to um, work fully remote is because we want to be sure that you are safe. So be safe first. But then beyond that, we started seeing things. Um, uh, a lot more people complained. Um, I feel stressed. Oh, um, Mental health became a big thing, um, you know. Uh, you know, uh, we realized that um, there was a mismatch between the value of work and the work itself, and the perception of the value of work. So, for instance, the staff member will tell you, "Oh, I was actually on my laptop from morning till six o'clock in the evening, or seven or eight. And as the employee, you're looking at the output and you're like, your, your perception of work is not commensurate to my expectation of results. And, and what, so our reaction to that was that, look, 
we need to find for ourselves what works. So we cannot just go with the bandwagon and say, hey, Google does this, and therefore, German Nigeria should do the same. We need to, re- so there was a need for us to then reevaluate and ask ourselves, okay, what works? Um, people complained a lot more around, um, you know, oh, mental health, yes, um, so everyone is isolated, you're not talking to your colleagues, um, you only send emails but you don't have physical interactions. And then um, um, operational efficiency was just, was just, you know, all over the place. Um, you see SLAs like out of place. You see people like rather send emails and they'll tell you, um, oh, I've sent an email, um, but you've not read it. And then you'll be like, oh, I will respond to you the following day for something that you could just have a conversation about and solve it and all those things. So we, at the end of the day, we realized that it, it was just important for us to come together and work out something that would benefit everyone and we will all be on the same page as regards that. So what we adopted is an hybrid system. Mm-hmm. Um, hybrid system and also flexibility. So we understand that Lagos is stressful. We understand that, you know, Traffic alone contributes a lot. Um, we understand that we've done a whole year of um, working from home and might be a bit difficult to now, like, you know, switch back. Um, so we, we adopted that hybrid system to say, you know what, a particular day of the week will be a compulsory day. Not to, come be- into the to come into the office. Not because we, we just want to do like um, uh, we just want to uh, build a dictatorship or no it's just because that day would allow you interact with people um, and I remember the first time we did it um, almost like 50% of you know of the workforce met their colleagues for the first time in a year it was weird so they're like, oh, so you're the one I've been sending emails to. And I'm like, yeah, you guys have been colleagues for a year. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, so we picked Mondays for that. So every Monday, we are all in the office. So the, the product person is talking to the tech person. The tech person is talking to the sales person. And we realized that, you know, most team meetings then happen on Mondays. Mm-hmm. You see quick resolutions. And so quick resolutions and then... Um, interdepartmental collaboration um, spiked because people can now have face-to-face conversations and, you know, quick, you know, very quickly they're done. And then we told them, you know what, you can pick any other two days in the week. Pick your resumption time and your closing time. Um, And that's it. And we realized that, you know, the people adopted that a lot more. Um, I remember, so we did, we did uh, an employee uh, employee survey late last year, and um, the feedback was not too great in terms of their experience on the job. Now we re- we kicked we started the um, the hybrid system in February, and then we did another survey just last month, or this month actually, and it's a lot better. Yeah. But of course, when we when we you know there will always be like a pushback on change. But when people start to see the positive impact of that change, then they adapt and then they adjust. Yeah. So um, 
you know, I understand that, yes, um, way of work has changed. But my advice is that pick out what works for you. Um, and when you take it from the point of the employee, actually, take it from the point of the employee, explain to them why they will understand. They'll come around. They will understand. Yeah. Excellent. Um, look, it's been a real pleasure uh, speaking with you, but I won't let you go without asking you to tell me and tell everyone watching, uh, what do you see? What big thing do you see on the horizon of talent management? Just one thing. Um, I think, well, in let me speak to Nigeria, right? Uh, because that this is really. Um, I think as we go into next year, for instance, there's going to be um, a lot more awakening around um, some roles and responsibilities in companies. So right now, there is a huge focus on tech. Tech is like the sweet spot. Everyone wants to be a tech person, either because they like the money in there or they just say getaway out of Nigeria, whatever. But now, um, I'm beginning to see a trend, um, especially in the tech space. And the trend is, as companies raise money, they are beginning to see the need to deliver value. But then for you to deliver value, you need to do, you need to beef up three responsibilities or roles in your company. Sales, marketing, and customer service. I see a world a very near in the very near future where those three roles and responsibilities become hotkey. Sales, marketing, marketing and, customer, and service. customer service. That's brilliant. And on that note, thank you very much. It's been a wonderful conversation. Same I hope here. you come again. Same here. Thank All you right. so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening.